A new conspiracy tells us what makes impossible meat possible. And then we take a look at the bizarre... Oh, <laughs> strap in for this episode. And then we take a look at the bizarre fetish known as penectomy. Is it possible that you'll get the best sexual pleasure ever by removing your junk? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garbiner. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are not eating hot dogs. I hope you guys just aren't eating anything this episode. Please don't eat this episode at all. And poor, poor, let's give let's give a shout out to our legacy Patreon. They're like, no, I do not want to sponsor this episode. I can already tell it's going to be rough. Everyone give a round of applause to the brave, the bold, hot diggity Dane. Everyone give a round of applause. Hot Diggity Dane is being dragged into the penectomy episode against their will. But Hot Diggity Dane, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, that you're like, I don't want to support the Patreon. It's like Russian roulette. I don't know what episode I'm going to end up in. But if you can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Hot Diggity Dane, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. Let's take a little journey on out too. Redwood City, California. And as we're driving down there, you know, we get a little hungry before we get to the penectomy episode. Before we get to the episode that's just going to make you think of hot dogs in a microwave, we're hungry now. So we stop by this restaurant and it serves nothing but vegan food. So we're like, oh man, <laughs> we go to a real restaurant? No, it's for the story, guys. You have to go to this restaurant. So we all kind of like, uh, we look at the Arby's across the street and we're like, oh, this is the only time I'd ever choose Arby's. But we go into this vegetarian restaurant, vegan restaurant, and they have, it actually is like really nice. There's like not dirty anywhere because no one ever goes there. And no one ever eats there. The employees are totally shocked when we walk in. Oh, guys, this is what we've been training for. We walk in and they have all this food selection. They have like beets and like carrots and like lettuce. And then we see meat. And we're like, whoa, dude, that's totally awesome. And we think like maybe we're just <laughs> some sort of fever dream. We're so hungry, we're hallucinating. No, there are things out there. I'm sure you guys have seen them. There's impossible meat and there's beyond meat. Now, I've never tried any of these, but Kaosurami has. Kaosurami is this person on the internet who is making this claim, <laughs> okay, like, legally, Beyond Foods and Impossible Foods. I am not making this claim. I am reporting this claim. I do not believe this is true. I'm actually going to debunk this. So before your lawyers, before your lawyers start filling out paperwork, listen to the whole segment. Karasami makes this claim. The Impossible Burgers and the Beyond Meat, they're apparently delicious. Allegedly, these Fake burgers are delicious. Om, nom, nom. We're digging into these. Oh, we're eating them. Oh, can I get two more? They're like, yes. And they'll give us like a couple more patties. Om, nom. And we're like fighting over them because they're so delicious. But here's the thing. While these burgers are super delicious, there's no meat in them. It's all a trick. It's all a trick. It's actually a vegetarian burger. And what Kari Sarami's conspiracy theory is, is this. They used to be a vegan. And they ate a lot of vegan meats while they were doing it. You know, quote unquote vegan meats. Like, soy and carrots and i don't know sponges all mixed together in a big vat so it assumes the form of a burger and then you eat it she was eating those now she's not a vegetarian anymore but she goes you know what i have a hankering for <laughs> i have a hankering for something that looks like meat 
but doesn't taste like it. So Karasurami goes to the store one day and buys some impossible meat and takes a bite out of it and goes, whoa, this is almost like meat. Like this is way more advanced than the vegan patties I had back when I was actually a vegan. Now that I've been a vegan and then started eating meat again, and now I'm to this, going back to this vegetarian patty, whoa, this is, this, this is almost like real meat. I can't believe that they're able to pull this off. So she looks at the ingredients and she goes, the ingredients are pretty much the same thing. Soy and lentils and pea proteins and stuff like that. And she ends this post by saying, how could they make it so meat-like? <laughs> Jason, wait, is that a conspiracy theory? That somebody doesn't know how this delicious food is so delicious? Well, had she ended it like that, I wouldn't have even thought twice about it. I would have. It would have been one of a hundred posts I read during the day. And move on. But then she ends it with this very, very legally dubious statement that I wanted to discuss. And it's very, very interesting. And it's a great way to it's a great way to it's a great way to gross you out. And it's a great way to look at how conspiracy theories are born. Here's how she ends her post quote. Yet the texture was so close to meat. I always wondered how they managed that. That, and also the fact that the impossible office is windowless. <laughs> this is going to go from zero to 60 real quick. That, and also the fact that the impossible office is windowless and right across the street from a planned parenthood. <laughs> from a planned parenthood clinic. But that might not be related, unquote. So the implication is, is <laughs> the implication, do we even have to say what the implication is? The implication is, is that I am not stating this impossible meat or beyond meat. She didn't specify beyond meat, but she didn't mention them a couple times in the post. Is that they are using aborted babies in their meat patties. That's why they taste so delicious. Now, that's not true. That's not true. Here's an interesting thing. Because we're conspiracy theorists, when we hear that, we go, hmm. And then we have to start digging into it. You're like, Jason, I did not entertain that thought for one second. But I did. And not so much that I thought, like, maybe they do put that in there. I started to think, could it be possible? And, and it's very, very fascinating how quickly this falls apart under any sort of pressure. I looked up. This is how I spent my Thursday evening. I went to Google Earth and found Impossible Foods headquarters. It's in Redwood City, California. The closest place... <laughs> I had to look all this stuff up so I could debunk it. The closest Planned Parenthood building to this facility, this is the headquarters, is nine minutes away. So that's that is not true. It is not across the street. I mean, sure, you could, you know, door dash it, but it's not across the street. And the Impossible Foods headquarters is covered in windows. It's one of those office buildings you see in a little office park. There's windows absolutely everywhere. So right there... That doesn't make... Like, that's a lie. It's possible that in her neighborhood, there is an Impossible Foods building next to a Planned Parenthood building. But then we look at it this way. I Again, this is how I spent my Thursday night. And this is what it means when you put out a daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You got to look up stuff like this. Because I started thinking, how efficient would it be to eat a baby? That's the big question. So I did some, I did some research. According to the CDC in 2018, there were around 600,000 abortions in that year. <laughs> You're like, Jason, please, please stop. 
Please stop. I have no idea where you're going with this, but I don't think it's anywhere good. Please stop. You started this off with how efficient is it to eat a baby, and then you jump straight to abortion statistics. Just please. Hot diggity Dane, he's running. He's gotten the car. He's, he's halfway back to Dead Rabbit headquarters. He's left us. Around 600,000 abortions in the year 2018. 77% of them were performed less than nine weeks. And nearly all of them less than 13 weeks. So about 92% of all abortions within 13 weeks. So the first trimester. At that point, the biggest the little fetus gets is an ounce or three to four inches long. In the U.S. alone. So we have 600,000 abortions in the United States. And that would give you about 600,000 ounces at best of human meat. In the U.S. alone, we slaughter 9 billion chickens a year. This is why most people become vegetarian, vegan in the first place. 9 billion chickens a year, and each of those weighs around 4 pounds. So you see where I'm going with this? It's not efficient to eat babies. It really isn't. (laughs) I did not need you to point that out. But you think about it on a scale. So let's say that I do have, and this is important because the statement itself There might be fetal tissue in Impossible Foods and Beyond Foods. That is such an intriguing conspiracy theory that it could become super popular really, really quickly. And so you that's why I think it's important to kind of step back. Even though all the laughs we've had this episode, it's important to stand back because it doesn't jive. It would actually wouldn't make sense. There's not enough of them. They're not big enough to make these patties. And even if you go, well, Jason, please stop. Please, please stop. Even if you said maybe you turned them into some sort of spread or jelly and just added them to the Impossible, there's still not enough. I'm sure that Impossible Foods ships out more than 600,000 patties a month, let alone over the course of a year. So it's an interesting conspiracy theory because people have a natural aversion to it. And one thing I've learned over the course of this show is that people love conspiracy theories. They find repulsive. And I, there's two things that can happen. It can just disappear into the dust. I honestly think you're going to start seeing more people believe this. And Impossible Foods and Beyond Foods, this may become a problem for them. They may actually have to fight back against this. Because we've had conspiracy theories that turned out to be true. We covered on this show where they were using, Pepsi was using fetal tissue, not aborted babies but they were using like fetal cell stem cells or whatever to taste their drinks and that cost them a bunch of business and that actually turned out to be true but in between that true story and they did have to stop doing that in between that true story and this fake story there's a ton of other fake stories involving aborted babies fetal tissue and things like that and it can really wreck a company's career so i don't believe that it's true i actually wanted to take the time out to show why it, it re- really would be impossible Um, but we've seen conspiracy theories pop up that are so bizarre, they still seem to stick around for a while. So we'll see what comes of that one. Hot diggity Dane. Somebody go get hot diggity Dane, track him down, put a tranquilizer bolt in his neck, and then bring him on back because he needs to fly this carbon copter. We are leaving behind Redwood City, California. We are headed out to ancient... Greece or Rome, one of the two places. They're pretty close to each other, right? Hot Diggity Dane is flying this carbon copter back in time. And we're coming over um, Italy in the old timey days. The reason why I'm kind of iffy on where we're headed is because this story, we have very, very limited information on the story. It's 
historians know that this group is real. There are documents on it, but not a lot of it's online. Like, I wasn't able to find out, like, where they hang out. I, I didn't know any of that. So, but it's somewhere in the ancient world. It's old-timey, though. It's like 200 AD. People are walking around in sandals and robes, and they got their swords and stuff like that, and they're, like, poking each other. And here's the Carpenter Copter flying over Partheons, and there's, like, pillars. And there is a early Christian cult. They wouldn't call themselves that. They were a verified religion, according to them. The Valetians. And that was the sound... <laughs> And that sound you heard was the sound of every historian shutting off this podcast because they know exactly where this one's going. The Valetians are walking down the road and they've got their sandals on and they see a bunch of travelers coming towards them and they're like, oh, travelers, one of the best things you can see in the ancient world. I mean, a lot of times you get attacked by wild lions or just die of diseases we don't know of. But to see another human, another friendly human, that is what we Valetians live for. And they're like, huzzah, huzzah. There's not a ton of information online about these guys, like I was saying. But we do know two key details. The Valachians love to castrate themselves. That's the first key detail. It's really one of the main things they're known for. They love to castrate themselves. And for them, it was a way to show that they cannot be corrupted by earthly pleasures. That no matter what the world throws at them, some sexy ladies walking by, woo, woo, they're like, nope, none of that. I got no balls, so I'm not turned on by that. They seem to get really excited when they see a group of travelers walking down the road, but a sexy lady in like a tight robe, that's not going to turn them on. It protected you from temptation, and in this world, male virginity was like the highest state you could have. Nowadays, there's always that term, like if a man hasn't had sex by the time he's 30, he's a wizard. Back then, that was that was basically literal. If you could, the longer you could go without having sex, you were becoming more and more powerful. You're basically becoming more like Jesus Christ. But the Valachians, like I said, were known for two things. One of them was self-castrating. And as they see these travelers walking by, they're like, hey, buddies, how would you like to hang out for a bit? How would you like to come back and hang out at our barn? Did they have barns back then? How would you like to come back and hang out at something that will eventually be called a barn? And the traveler's like, it's been a long journey. Yes, we would love to sit down. And the Valachians look at each other and they're like, enjoy the si <laughs> enjoy sitting down for now. Traveler's like, what? We overheard that. And it sounded quite ominous. And they lead them into this barn. And there's a guy sitting there with a pair of clippers. And he's like, clip, clip clip, 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 and the travelers are like, oh, I'm assuming he's going to use those to castrate that bull over there. And then he looks and it's just a normal cow. Well, maybe it's to, to castrate that horse over there. But it's not a horse. It's just like, it's two people in a horse outfit. And the travelers are like, uh-oh. The Valachians are known for two things, castrating themselves and forcibly castrating random people they run into. So if you ran into a Valachian, you really don't know it's a Valachian. You can't check unless they're naked. They would invite people back, be like, hey, we're having a huge party, and you go there. And sure, you'd eat a bunch of delicious food and drink mead and stuff like that, but they'd castrate you. So that's not a good trade-off, right? That's never a good trade-off. They would forcibly castrate people because it wasn't just good enough for them to overcome temptation. You had to overcome temptation as well. Interesting side note, right? Historical oddity. You're like, Jason, that's a little more than that. Like, these people were brutally mutilating people, especially back then. Like, I'm sure they're like, you've been castrated. Now, now may your wounds heal as they're bleed to death. Like, that's a pretty brutal operation. 
But interesting side note, it could have just been a little thing I said to start off an episode. Hey guys, here's a cult I found. They like to chop off balls. Let's move on to our next story. But then I kept looking around like an idiot. Then I kept researching, and I found a subreddit called Penectomy. The world of fetishes is a weird place. It really is a weird place. And I remember when I was on vacation recently, I came across this news article in The Independent, and it was about the burping fetish community. And I go, oh, how delightful, how quaint. There's a group of people who get off to people burping. Oh, that's so delightful. What an amazing little segment we'll do for Dead Rabbit Radio. Maybe we'll even have some audio of people burping. It'll be fun. <laughs> Listeners will hate it because people are burping in their headphones. Oh, it'll be so great. And they pointed me to a burping fetish forum subreddit. And I was like, oh, it's Reddit's another delightful, disgusting place that you harbor. Reddit is just such a cesspool of humanity. But yet... You still exist for some reason. You haven't been shut down by every government agency on the planet. Burping fetishes, though, they're so great. Let's go. Let's not get off topic. But how much I hate Reddit. Let's look at these amazing forum titles. Top five. Did you even know there was more than two? Top five female burpers of all time. Let's go. That is, if you're interested, if you if you want to know that list, you can wait for chills to do a countdown, or you can go to the subreddit. There is a uh, post, buying custom content. Only girl burps, though. So if you are a girl and you're looking at making some extra money and you have a good burp, you can go to this forum and probably sell them. There is the great post that asks the question, favorite types of burps? What are your favorite types of burps? My favorites, this is not me saying this, this is the subreddit guy. My favorite are loud burps that catch the person off guard. And when the person can feel the air bubbles leaving their stomach as they burp. Adorable, delightful. It's a fetish that doesn't really hurt anybody. There's apparently a whole TikTok community where they just burp all the time. And I thought, oh, that's great. But then for every burping fetish community, for every fetish that's just so, it's weird, right? Like, when's the last time someone burped and you got a boner? Like, the last time for me was never. I've never been attracted to burping. And now, of course, on my TikTok, every so often, I'm scrolling through it and then I just, there's this hot chick pops up on my TikTok. <laughs> it's not, this is not a joke. This happened just last night. I'll be scrolling through my TikTok watching videos and then I'll get to when there's a hot chick and she goes, burp. And I'm like, damn it, that's what I get. That's what I get for looking at this stuff. I'm still getting TikTok burps. There's a big community for this. That's great. But then I also come across subreddits like penectomy. Penectomy is what it sounds like. It is a subreddit dedicated to the removal of penises. Do not go to this subreddit. <laughs> do, not, do not go to this subreddit. I will say it one more time. Do not go to the subreddit. Because on Reddit, they have blurry photo. Like you have not safe for work photos. And it'll be all blurred out. You can clearly see what's going on in the picture. The first image that I saw when I went to this subreddit, or at least the first one that will be seared in my mind forever, and the one I stupidly clicked on, there was a headline that said something like, Tonight my girlfriend's giving me my last ring. And I'm looking at this picture, and it looks of something like... Uh, it looks like a penis. It looks like a blurry penis, but something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong with it. And so I clicked on it, 
And it was a fully erect human penis with rubber bands on it. Now, not like, you know, when you put a clothes hanger on your dick and you walk around the house because it's funny, which I, I do. That is my favorite joke. I haven't been able to hold up a sweater yet. The rubber bands just aren't loosely there like his girlfriend was throwing them playing a game. No, they are wrapped. They are wrapped around so tight. Oh, mm. you know, have you ever seen like uh, Jessica Rabbit or like a sexy woman? She has like. Jessica Rabbit's not real. You can't really meet this body type, but like the wide bust and then it comes down to that really narrow waist and goes out to the hips. Imagine that shape, but it's your penis. Or not even your penis, just a penis, any penis. If you just saw this, it is, the rubber bands are so tight. He looks like he has Jessica Rabbit as a dick. And again, dude, you're like, yeah, I want to check out this photo. Do not look at this photo, please, for the love of God. And it's even creepier because they're like, yeah, dude, I love this. This is what I want. I have no idea. I have no idea how they're not in mind-numbing pain. And they go on to explain in the comments their goal is for it to just kind of fall off. Like, they're cutting off the circulation of this. And it's just going to turn blue. And fall off. One person commented, let me know when it's ice cold. Which I don't know if it was, I don't know if you have the wherewithal. You wake up, you wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, oh, I'm in so much pain. Oh, it's ice cold. Better respond to that Reddit request. I don't think you're going to get the notification when it's ice cold. But they go on to say, oh, I'm not even done yet. Like once it falls off, I'm going to get the rest of it cut off. So I have just like a little smooth bump down there. And that's just the beginning. There are so many photos of men standing there with what really looks like a hot dog that you gave to a dog. And then, and then it threw up part of the hot dog. And it's kind of sticking out. And then there's a tube coming out of it. And they're smiling. Now, listen, I know there are a lot of men who have had their junk blown off during the war. I'm totally aware of that. I'm not saying that, oh, you can't smile. You can't smile if you don't have a dick. I'm not saying that. But I don't know, I doubt any of them, when the bomb went off or when they got shot, were like, yes, this is what I wanted. Now, of course, you learn to live with it, because what else are you going to do? Like, I get it. You just go on with your life. But these people are purposely cutting off their dicks, and they love it. They absolutely love it. Now, we've come up, we've covered people like that before on this show. I don't remember what episode. <laughs> I don't know if I want to look through the show notes for it. But I've never seen it so graphically displayed. Because this is a group of people who they're encouraging each other to do it. There's tons of photos of people mutilating their own penises. There's a lot of text of how, what they want to do with it. One guy wanted to turn it into an... <laughs> One guy wanted to turn it into like an awesome blossom. Which is this delicious meal. I don't know if I'll be able to eat one for a while. But at Chili's restaurant, they take an onion and they just kind of split it down the middle and it blossoms out. And they deep fry it. He wanted to do the same same thing, but he wanted to slice it down the urethra. He didn't say he didn't want to say he wanted to deep fry it and serve it with zesty mayo. But anyways, I don't know why I kept looking. I mean, I already discovered enough, right? I was like, oh, here's a disgusting fetish and i'm going somewhere with this i'm just not going to keep listing off gross stuff but before i get to the end let me list off some more gross stuff there's another one i refuse to click on this blurred photo i learned i'd already clicked on a few 
and I had learned my... <laughs> I did click on more than one. I was like, oh, no. And then by the, like, the fourth or fifth one, I was like, okay, if you trick me seven or eight more times, I'm done. By the time I got to this one, I was like, I'm not clicking on this one. But I'll read you the headline. The headline is brutal. The headline would make Jigsaw go, I don't know, that's a little too much. And he wants to do it to himself. Here is the post of this subreddit. Quote, seems on topic, you know, because we're talking about penises being removed. This seems on topic. Are there any practical ideas for dick breaking which do not involve blood or a trip to the emergency room? I'm going to just say off the bat, no. I don't think so. But he continues to ask this question. I know shrinking and banding have their enthusiasts. That's what the one guy was doing with the rubber band. How do you shrink it? You get Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis gets a call at 3 in the morning. He's like, oh, not again, these weirdos. He's like putting them in front of a shrink rate. I wonder how you would shrink it. I know shrinking and banding have their enthusiasts. Some hypnosis, too. That is one good hypnosis. Maybe that stuff in Nigeria is really happening. How about bend? This is what they want to know, though. How about bending or crushing? That's not it. That's not it. As you cross your legs, trying to figure out a way to have your penis removed without going to the hospital. So these are the options. Bending it. Bending it. Crushing it. Also ask these questions. What about heat or electricity? So the poster is doesn't want to go to the ER, but is willing to electrocute their dick off. Now, I'm not an electrician, but I'm pretty sure the amount of electricity that it would take for your penis to fall off of your body is probably enough to stop your heart. But uh, th- that's the weird thing about this fetish. They want to have their dick fall off so badly, they will electrocute it off. Heat it off? How would you even do that? You go and you get like your sister's hair iron and you're like in the bathroom. Shut <laughs> She's like, I need to do my hair. You're like, hold on. Are you cooking hot dogs in there again, Gary? No. Holding it down. How would you heat it off? Later, though, this person, in case you were wondering, in case you were wondering which way this person decided to go, they did some research. The person who posted this did some research, and they said uh, they've decided on giving themselves a penile fracture because they heard. I don't know where they heard this from. But they heard it doesn't hurt that much. It doesn't hurt that much to break your penis. And they they came across this quote that I will share with you because I'm a jerk. Quote, men in certain Middle Eastern cultures practice taquandan or penile cracking. This involves grasping the shaft of the erect penis and bending the top until you hear an audible clicking sound. Now... There may very well be practiced in Middle Eastern cultures. I did not research it up. I was done at this point. I will guess, though, they may do that in some Middle Eastern cultures. I doubt they do it to themselves. I bet you they do it. And they're like, okay, where's the money? And they're like, I'm not going to tell you. And then they go, okay, cracking their knuckles. Let's give this guy an erection. <laughs> so we, that would be really difficult, actually, to do someone unwillingly. You're showing them a bunch of sexy movies. But don't, ladies, I know I have a lot of Dead Rabbit Radio listeners who are ladies, and I don't want you gals to feel left out. Ladies, have you ever thought about having your clitoris... <laughs> this is so brutal. Have you ever thought about having your clitoris removed? This is something that is mostly done forcibly in parts of the world. There's a fetish for it. Did you know? I, I know that, that shocked me. 
that there is a fetish for women to have their clits removed. And I hate to tell you, but this was one of the photos I clicked on. It's a smiling woman having her clit cut off. It was a photo essay, by the way. It wasn't just a moment in time. They showed them getting ready and all that stuff before and after. And So a bizarre fetish. The world's full of them. This one is pretty damaging, though. Because they're doing it without medical help. But that's what this is about. It's about doing it yourself. And you go, what would be the point of removing... For sexual pleasure, you're removing a sexual organ. And really, if you look at this subreddit, they had different answers. Some of them just liked the way it looked. Some of them liked the idea that it was useless now. The guy who was putting rubber bands on it said, my girlfriend's going to leave me once it's permanently broken, and then I'll just walk around with a broke dick. And we can look at it and go, whoa, this is a really small group of people who believe in this. But as I was looking into it, I started thinking back to the Valachians. Today's cult is tomorrow's religion. Now, a lot of times, the cults do just die off. They're unsustainable. But all of the huge religions we see today started off as what we can only describe as cults. Early Christians were outlawed. They were killed in the streets. They were killed for entertainment. They were an underground network, literal underground network of religious advocates, zealots, really, that hung on for so long that they became a major world power. And you can really look at any religion like that. It started off with a core group of people. And when you look back at a religion, you go, oh, look, it was Jesus and these 12 dudes. Oh, but that one crazy guy in Texas and his 12 followers, that's a cult. Today's cult is tomorrow's religion, and we never know where stuff is going to pull out. There used to be a Christian sect that would walk around and castrate people against their will, and they believed they were doing the will of God. There is a version of history where they became a major player. And you can look at the same thing as fetishes. A foot fetish used to just be the weirdest thing in the world. People who love to just smell hair. What? Scat fetish. Gross. People actually like playing with poop. But these start to become more and more... Foot fetish is really not even considered a fetish at this point. Women laugh about it, but... There's so many people who are into feet. You really, it's not even a fetish anymore. It's boobs are considered a fetish because boobs are not a sexual organ. A fetish is an attraction to something that is not sexual. So like a butt fetish is kind of a borderline thing, but like boobs, there's nothing sexual, inherently sexual about boobs. That's a fetish, but it's so prevalent, it's not considered a fetish. And I think the same thing will happen with feet. But what happens when penectomy grows as a fetish? No pun intended. And it becomes more accepted. And right now they're saying, we're just cutting off our dicks. Because we like it. But let's put on a... You guys know where I'm going with this. You guys know where I'm going with this. But let's put on a conspiracy caps here to wrap this up. What's to say that just the way the world changes, the way things work, that this fetish doesn't become super mainstream? You see Brad Pitt. They're like, Brad Pitt coming off the set of his new movie. <laughs> Dick 
Nicholas Brad. And they, it's his biography. And he's walking around and they show him he's wearing like super tight underwear and he has no dick. It's been chopped off. And then like you see like some Olympian. He's like running, running, and he's like beating everyone. And they're like, there he goes. That's Grady O'Grade, the best runner from Ireland. Everyone's like, does Ireland even have an Olympics team? This time they do. And the reason why he's so fast, he doesn't have a dick. That extra six inches of wind resistance cut down is running super fast. And then you see like just you're at school and people are like, you have a penis, you have a penis. And you're like, oh, and you go home and you're like, you're an adult. <laughs> you're an adult when you go home, when you're home from college and you're like, oh, why are they making fun of me? Why are they making fun of me that I have a penis? Oh, man, that's it. I'm getting some rubber bands tonight. Who's to say that today's fetish isn't tomorrow's requirement? Who's to say that these people, <laughs> this is totally gone off. This is not. This is not how I planned on ending the episode. But I already got, I'm already four feet deep in this hole and I'm going to keep shoveling. Who's to say that someday, because we've seen little cults turn to major religions and the Valachians could have been a ball cutting cult that became a ball cutting religion. So who's to say this fetish one day you're not driving down the street and you're like, uh oh. And your buddy's like, dude, what is it? And you're like, it's one of the checkpoints. And you see like these guys standing there. <laughs> they're standing there in their super smooth pants. And you're like, just go, turn down the other road. And you're driving down the other road and there's another checkpoint. And you're like, I, we really need to buy those groceries. I'm really, really hungry. I really need some top ramen. So we'll just go to this checkpoint. It seems less ominous, but it's not. And there are these guys standing there and they're like, we need to check your penis. And you're like, oh man, again. And then like you show it to them and they're like, it better be smaller next time. You're like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I've electrocuted myself. I've electrocuted myself so much I can touch a light bulb and it turns on. And they're like, have you tried crushing it? And you're like, ah. We never know where the world is going to go. We never know the path history will take. Will we end up in a sci-fi utopia, post-scarcity world? Will it be a burger punk capitalist society where the dollar rules? Could it be a post-apocalyptic world where water is the currency? Or could the future be just like today, except the road is littered with penises? Everywhere you go, everywhere you look, a man's junk is laying in the sewer. Sure, the crows have a lot of food to eat, and you have less room. And you have less wind resistance when you run. But is that really a future you want to live in? George Orwell once famously said, I've seen the future of humanity. And it is a rubber band wrapped around its penis forever. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also visit at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Hey.